Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parentingpodcast. When it comes to teaching your kids about what it means to be a Christian, take a moment, step back, and reflect on what your life was like before you met God. I'm John Fuller, along with Danny Huerta, and we're going to hear from Natasha Crane about helping your child grow in their faith. And here's Jim Daly. This might be the most critical question of all, and of course, we're going to encourage you to get Natasha's book, because I think every parent, I don't care how old your kids are, both for yourself as well as for your children, need to answer these 30 questions and be proficient at thinking them through. But here's the one. How can we help our children understand how to have a relationship with a God they can't see and in most cases can't really audibly hear? It's that intuitive Holy Spirit voice that we hear in our hearts and our souls. How do we do that? How do we help them have that relationship? I think that's a great question to ask because a lot of times parents come at it from assuming that because we've become used to having a relationship with a God that we don't physically see and hear that our kids will know how to do that. But it's a really foreign thing if, if you think about it. When, when you put yourself in your kids' shoes, your young kids' shoes, and you're telling them that God exists and God loves them and, hey, you need to love him too and here start having this relationship, it's very hard to explain that. And so I think, number one, it's important for us to just acknowledge to our kids, hey, this is different. This is something different than relating to your friends at school. You can't see God. You can't hear him. But just like like with a friend at school, if you're going to get to know someone and if you want to love that person, you have to get to know them. And we hear from God through his word. And so that's where first the Bible study comes from and, and helping our kids understand the importance of studying the Bible together. And we respond to God by our prayer and through our serving. And so those are, and I could kind of elaborate on all those things, but that's kind of the big picture of how I approach this with my kids is to think of it. If you're having that relationship with someone you know at school, it's kind of the same thing that you're hearing from them and you're responding to them. In, in the context of God, we hear from God in his word and through the Holy Spirit, and then we return by prayer and by serving others. Natasha, we're right near the end, and I, I, I'm thinking of the parent who uh, maybe they're through the 10, 11, 12-year-old stage, and they are in the teen years now, and there, there's a lot more independence in those years. The teenagers are trying to express themselves and find out who they are and becoming more independent from the parental control that's been rightfully kind of there in the earlier years of development. How does that parent who's been desperate to ensure there's a relationship there with God? Because they know this is eternity. What we're talking about here is the most serious business of any human soul. Do you know God or do you not know God? But to that desperate parent who may be thinking, I haven't been able to do this. It hasn't caught. Something's wrong. And they lay up awake in the middle of the night worrying about their 15-year-old who may be listening to things, doing things that's inconsistent with the faith. What suggestion do you have for them in that desperation? How do we not become fearful as we open the program with that great scripture from 2 Timothy? Where do they get the assurance to say, okay, God, do you have this? 
Yeah, I think that first and foremost, praying. We we have to continue praying and asking God for guidance in that. So we can't lose our sight of our relation, our own relationship with God in that. I think that the more that I talk with parents who have teenagers who are in that situation, the more I realize that every parent realizes what they did wrong was panic when their kids first started expressing doubts. Right. It shut down the communication line so that they don't have the relationship that they could have in terms of those questions. So their kids no longer want to talk. And that's, they're fearful to talk to you about it. They're fearful because they're afraid that their questions are going to upset you. And I've always told those parents, go back to your kids and just acknowledge, you know, this is what I, I responded poorly. You know, obviously, and you can say, as a Christian, I believe this is true and that there are eternal implications for what you believe. So please understand from my perspective that this is important to me, but I want to understand where you're coming from. I want to hear your questions. I want to understand. And the best thing that parents can do in that situation is to continue to ask questions because teens love to talk and give their opinion and their thoughts. And a lot of times what they say in the beginning isn't necessarily what's causing them to lose faith. It might be, oh, I heard that Christianity is just a copycat from pagan religions, and that's why I don't believe anymore. In reality, they might have been really hurt by a Christian at school and decided that they're done with Christianity. But you're not going to know that, and you're not going to know how to have those kinds of conversations unless you've asked a lot of questions up front. Why did you stop believing? What kinds of things have you heard about Christianity? What kind of evidence is there for the worldview that you now go to? Mm. I think that's something most kids don't ever think about. Maybe they throw away God, but they haven't thought about what are the implications of an atheistic worldview. If God doesn't exist, what does that actually mean? So there are all kinds of conversations that can spring from that. But for the parent who's lying awake, keep praying, know that there's a long time ahead. A lot of things happen during those teen years. Keep having the conversations, ask lots of questions, and keep the relationship open. That's really great advice, and kids grow so much in the teen years. It's pretty unpredictable. So um, just stay the course, be consistent, and lean in. And uh, something we say here at Focus on the Family a lot, be intentional. Yes, John, I, I think a, a, a central, very practical way to enter the conversation about what it means to be a Christian is this. Uh, I use this a lot in my house, and it's what's the difference between a consumer and a contributor? And God has called us from the beginning to be contributors, and sin took us straight into consuming. Uh, If you look at Adam and Eve, it was about consumption all of a sudden because trust was out and I needed to take care of myself. If you look at the prodigal son, he left because he wanted to consume, and he was consumed by wanting to consume, and that's what sin does to us. But contribution gives us purpose, and God calls us to specific contribution in his kingdom. Hmm. And so using that language with your kids, what's the difference between being a contributor in our home? What's the difference of me as a wife or husband being a contributor to my marriage? What does it mean to be a contributor in my church? What does it mean to be a contributor in my community? And what does that do to me and to those, those around me? That's mm-hmm. love. Yeah. And if I'm a consumer, I'm only loving myself and potentially pretending to be in relationship with people. And so if we look at all the different worldviews, it can begin with that lens. Is this about contributing to a larger story? Hmm. And is it based on love? Because God is love, and he's the author of that. And we wouldn't have goodness and love without him because there's a natural consumption to sin, and that's where natural human nature tends to go. Hmm. Have those conversations with your kids. It's a simple one. How, yeah. how are you a contributor today? Yeah, and that, that gets down to the heart issue, the motivation. And I would just say, 
I messed up a fair bit by telling my child what I thought their motivation was. Better just to draw it out of them. You know, what? why did you do that? What were you hoping would be the outcome of that? Yeah. You know, what, what were you thinking might happen when you did that or said that to that person? Yeah, I mean, it was a nice thing, but were you expecting something? <laughs> and uh, just ask questions like that um, to draw them out. Uh, well, listen, the, the rest of the conversation Jim and I had with Natasha Crane is great, and that's available to you. Uh, or get a copy of her book, Talking With Your Kids About God, 30 Conversations Every Christian Parent Must Have. Uh, just call us or check it out on the website. We'll have details in the show notes. Uh, when you're at the site or on the phone, make a donation or a monthly pledge to Focus on the Family if you can. Uh, we'll send a complimentary copy of Natasha's book as our thank you for your support. Next time, how to raise strong daughters. And until then, on behalf of Danny and the parenting team, I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast.